0: This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Pohlmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Kyle and I are going to do a little bit of review, I think. This is a topic we've covered before in our podcast but it's come up so we want to answer it for everybody
1: yeah we've had a recent potential client ask us a question and it went like um if i borrow for my policy at around four percent but continue to pay a premium is that money being borrowed against my policy and if the policy is making close to five percent um does it stop growing while i'm borrowing or does it continue to grow at around five percent while i'm borrowing at four percent so I'm technically making a 1% spread.
0: Yeah, so let's, let's break that down. Um, first of all, easiest thing, uh, when you are taking a loan from a life insurance company, your policy is being held as collateral to the loan. The life insurance company is giving you a loan from its general account your life insurance policy, all the money is staying inside of it. It's not coming out. Yep. So if we know that, then we can start to realize, okay, if all my money is still in my life insurance policy and it's just being held in collateral, it makes sense that it would still be earning interest, which mm-hmm. it does. Um, guaranteed interest and dividends. Now, that will vary. Uh, dividends can vary. When policy loans are outstanding with non-direct recognition companies, um, let's say you have a policy with cash value of $100,000, and you have borrowed out $50,000, and you have $50,000, well, I just used some bad language there because probably just confused people, Kyle. Um, We borrowed against our policy, okay? (laughs) $50,000. We didn't borrow out of it. We borrowed against it. Okay. And we have 50,000 that isn't collateralized. So with a non-direct recognition company, they're going to pay you the same dividend on both buckets of money. Yep. The part that is collateralized and the part that doesn't. Hence the non-direct. Yep, they don't recognize the fact that you have a loan against the policy. Now, with a direct recognition company, that would function a little bit differently. The money that has not been collateralized, will receive whatever the company's dividend rate is. And the money that has been collateralized can receive a reduced dividend, sometimes a higher dividend. Oftentimes it is tied to whatever the loan rate is and that will affect um, whether it's reduced or increased. Yep. Um, So that's the difference between those two. The direct recognition company has recognized the fact that you have a loan outstanding, so they will do something they're going to adjust the dividend rate, whether it's up or down on those borrowed funds mm-hmm okay, so <clears throat> let's get on to how we kind of answered this for him now um this person is definitely caught up in the numbers big time um so they're really they how would you, how would you say it Kyle like he's really Digging in. He wants to know that he's making a spread, I think, when yeah. he borrows money.
1: We're kind of getting into the weeds here, and we we hope to avoid this. And sometimes, you know, it's inevitably going to happen. But I think, you know, watching YouTube and other things like that, you can hear people say that, oh, there's a spread, you know. And like we've said in previous podcasts, there's very rare when there's an actual net spread here. So,
0: Yeah, and this this confusion comes about oftentimes uh, because people see a company's gross dividend interest rate. um, Let's say that's 5% in this example. And then they see the loan rate from the company as 4%. So it looks like just on the surface that you would be making a spread if you have a policy with this company. Yeah. The problem is... uh, that is a gross dividend interest rate. They still have to deduct expenses and mortality um, from that. And so it is going to be at somewhere likely between 1% and 2% lower than what that 5% is actually stated as. Yeah. If you look at the actual growth of the policy.
1: So what you're pretty much saying is then it doesn't make sense to use the policy. Like, why would you? There's
0: no spread, right? Right. Well, that is what that sounds like on the surface, for sure. Um, And how I tried to frame this, um, how we tried to frame this, I guess, for this potential client is, you know, you you have to take everything into consideration here. Yep. Okay. If you have $100,000 sitting around, all right, you could put it in the stock market. You could put it in a life insurance policy. You could put it in a savings account. All right. The stock market's going to offer you the chance to earn a significant amount of money on that, you know, double-digit returns, but it's volatile. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the first year you put it out, put it in, if it's going to go down or if it's going to go up. Yep. Over time, history has shown that it goes up, but we don't know where we're getting in at. Mm-hmm. Um, The life insurance policy offers a lower uh, rate of return. But it does have, it has very small volatility. Um, and some tax advantages. And some nice tax advantages as well when you want to access the growth. Um, but it, it can't go backwards in value. So that's a, a big plus of life insurance and the fact that you have a death benefit that goes along with life insurance. Sure. Savings accounts, checking accounts, I, in my opinion, they're, they're basically just for convenience right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Growth growth is so minimal. There is no tax advantage with it. Um, if you're paid ten dollars in interest, that's reported and you pay tax on it. Yep. So th- that's that's some some options that he has. Um, so what should you do? I mean, you you got to look at what account is going to solve the problem that you're trying that you have in front of you, right, Kyle? Yeah, and then. In- You know,
1: most clients, the problem is not having access to enough capital. That's a huge problem. So, you got to grow it somewhere. You got to grow cap. It's not going to happen overnight. You got to put it somewhere where it's accessible, offers you advantages, you know, it's protected, safe. And whole life is one of those things. I mean, and, you know, regardless if we're using non-direct or direct recognition company, we're still going to be getting some sort of a dividend on the total cash value, um, even if we're borrowing it. So we're earning uninterrupted compound interest on that. So, And that that counts for a lot. It's hard to, um, I guess, understand how powerful compound interest is until you see it on paper. So we will include this chart that we're going to talk to you guys about. It is a compound interest versus amortized interest chart. Um, It's important to understand the difference between compound and amortized. And once you do, you'll see how it's still advantageous to use the policy, You know whether it's you're earning the same amount in the policy as the interest rate, or even if you're earning less in the policy compared to the interest rate.
0: Yeah. And so this chart shows us, uh, we demonstrated with $50,000 here over a 10-year time span that, and this is in the example where you're earning 5% and you're paying 5%. After 10 years, you would have earned $31,400 roughly, and you would have spent 13600 roughly. And the reason for that is, is that the compound interest example has a growing sum of money that you're constantly earning interest on. The amortized interest example has a shrinking pot of money that you're paying interest on. So mm-hmm. there's quite a spread there between those when it's the same. Yeah, But... Like Kyle and I have said, we try to be very transparent about this. Oftentimes, there is no spread, and it's negative even. So below the chart, we also included, what about if you're only earning 3%? So we'd have a 2% negative spread. Well, you would still earn $17,195 versus the amortized interest example, where you paid $13,600.
1: So yeah, you're still that's $3500 roughly, you know, over the interest paid.
0: Yep. So, we're always being honest in paying down that balance. So, if you just let this ride, obviously the amortized interest example um would have a larger balance on it. Mm-hmm. But because you're being honest, paying it down systematically, it works.
1: Yeah, we're we're comparing a 10-year period. So, I mean, that's and we're also being important. an honest banker. Yes. Which is something we, you know, we preach and is, it's crucial to be successful in IBC is you need to be honest.
0: Yep. Pay yourself back. But um,
1: also, yeah, go ahead. Um, like this just shows that there doesn't have to be a spread for it to be advantageous because people who talk about this and bring a lot of excitement about this, they, I mean, they'll talk about positive spreads. And like we said, it doesn't happen often, but it doesn't need to happen often. Because of this.
0: It doesn't. And there's no need for agents to, you know, whether they're misinformed or not, to, you know, share things that aren't factual.
1: Yeah. Uh, if it didn't happen, okay, like, with a negative spread and you weren't earning more money, I mean, do you think it'd be advantageous to still use
0: the process? So you're saying that if I have a policy and I'm going to pay more interest than I would earn? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's other benefits that are, you're still deriving from it. Um, sure. I'm know. just playing devil's advocate
1: because you sure. know, somebody
0: who doesn't like whole life could just be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're sure. Well, the number one thing I guess that comes to mind is, is the death benefit. I mean, you still have a lot of protection mm-hmm. provided by this. Um, the next thing is there could be tax advantages if you're using this as a business owner. So you could be getting a deduction from that, which would enhance uh, the policy. And I I would strongly argue, because it's been my case in business, that I don't have these massive outstanding loans for years on end. It's something that goes up and down, all right? So even though I may need to borrow out close to or the maximum loan against the policy at some point in time during the year, I'm not going to have that outstanding the entire year. Sure. There may be times where I'm at that for, say, three to six or seven months, and there's also going to be months, up to five, six, seven months, where I hardly have anything borrowed against the policy. Mm-hmm. So, in the grand scheme of things, since I have that entire bucket of money earning for me the whole time, I'm going to come out ahead. Yep. Um, so, how we broke it down to this potential client is, you know, what if you stop looking so intently at the numbers, okay? Back away from this. Let's look at, you know, if you just have this money in a savings account, all right, and you need to borrow out $50,000, well, you don't have to pay any loan interest. That's the number one thing that comes up. Mm -hmm. But what did you give up, Kyle? You have control of
1: capital and the opportunity to earn interest on those dollars.
0: Yeah, $100,000. Mm-hmm. Because it's in a savings account and it's hardly doing anything. Plus yep. the fifty thousand, you'll never see it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, is that a long-term strategy? I would argue not. Sure, you're ahead because you know the policies they don't break even cash on cash often for five years to seven years, maybe even eight years. So sure, in the in the short term, you are ahead mm-hmm. with that strategy, but long term. Like we talk about, the value that this brings over 20, 30, 40 years is tremendous.
1: It's uncomparable, to savings accounts.
0: And, you know, so if you had that money in a policy, all $100,000 is going to be earning for you. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed interest and dividends, Whatever, regardless of what the policy is earning, say you borrow out 50000 75000 whatever it is, all right, you're going to pay interest on that money. Mm-hmm. That's going to go to the life insurance company, not yourself. Yep but all 100,000 was always earning and as soon as you put those dollars back into the policy they're ready to be used and borrowed again. Yep. All right. Continual access. Mhm. Um so it's it's just something to think about and all all that time you still have the death benefit working for you. Which when this person came to us this was a death benefit focused case. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um as we're understanding, the more we work with them, obviously cash value means something as well. Um, But they're able to do all that with the death benefit outstanding still, which is many times larger than the premiums that they've paid. Yeah. So I'd I'd still think it's a pretty good option. Sure. And I mean, just kind of reiterate,
1: we got to get... We got to stop getting so caught up in the numbers. It just will... It'll drag things out, and we'll never get to where we want to go. I know Jason and I, we both had some problems with, you know, diving too deep in the numbers in the beginning years and initially before we started our policy. And, I mean, that delayed us getting our policy started, you know.
0: And And we just talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, how much that costs you by delaying getting started. Yeah. Yeah, so... We don't
1: know what the numbers are going to be in the future. We can show you what they are right now based on, you know, just the dividends and what they're projected if nothing changes, but rest assured, even if there's a negative 2% spread, I mean, you're still going to come out ahead. So as long as you're being honest, yeah, as long as you're being honest, you're going to, it's going to work out. And if you're not, it's not going to work out.
0: Yeah, it, if you're not going to be an honest banker with this, though, are you ever going to be an honest banker at any with well, anything in your life? Exactly. So let's hold everything you know at the same level and not give this the worst possible scenario versus everything else.
1: Well, and it also will go back to what Nelson says or said was it's not the company that matters the most, it's not the policy design that matters the most, it's what's between your two ears. Yep. You're going to have more effect on the policy... And how it works out over the long run than any company, any policy design, you know, or
0: anything else. Absolutely. And, you know, Nelson, I mean, he was he was into borrowing money, you know, and buying real estate and using that leverage. And, I mean, it worked great for a while. And then the market turned and, you know, things were variable um, loan rates then. And, you know, it caught him in the 80s. and And that's when he came to this you know when he was going through a time of financial pain yeah i mean i agree okay that's all i got i think that uh that should shed a lot of light for people yeah yep so thanks again
1: for tuning in this week and we'll see you guys next week
0: this was the cash value solutions podcast remember to subscribe rate and review the show check us out at cash and don't forget to tune in next week